Hello, and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton here with the Cups and Cakes Network, and I'm excited to share an interview that I did way back when in July of 2020 with uh, Arlo Maverick. Now, at the time, Arlo had a new tune called Rainy Days that had just come out that we were talking about. But uh, actually, as luck would have it today on uh, February 19th, 2021, he just dropped a new song called Hashtag. It's part of an EP coming out in the spring called Soul Merchant. So I'd encourage you to uh, listen to this interview and go check that out. Uh, We talked about uh, him starting out in the early 2000s as uh, one quarter of the hip hop collective Politic Live. Uh, to uh, starting a solo career, to uh, entering into a mentorship role in the Edmonton scene. Uh, As per usual, there's uh, some foul language in the episode, so uh, listener beware. And uh, of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes Network website. That's cupsandcakespod.com. It's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's my interview with Arlo Maverick. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Arlo Maverick, representing for the city of YEG. Perfect. It's nice to have you in, man. Uh, we just started, uh, I think, yeah, this is the fourth or fifth one we've done during hiatus, so I'm uh, excited to be out chatting with some people again. Yes, no, it is good to actually connect with people like face-to-face as opposed to Zoom or yeah. something else, you know? <laughs> yeah, and as a result of that, we're uh, doing it outside. There's like just a shitload of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear, yeah, intermittent knee slaps Slaps, and such. (laughs) Uh, We'll just hop right into the rapid fire here. Uh, Right off the bat, cake or pie? Wow, wow, wow. What's funny is I was just asked this question the other day. Um, Definitely cake. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of cake do you got? Like a favorite kind? Nah, I'm a a fan of chocolate, um, which is interesting because nobody else in my family likes chocolate except for me. So, (laughs) yeah, I usually buy a chocolate cake at family gatherings and then be able to take it home because no one else wants to eat it <laughs> it's kind of funny i always ask, I, so, ugh, I always ask people with this question because i feel like particularly with pie it's like a family thing like you kind of yeah. like whatever you grew up with around mm, like whatever yeah. your parents had or whatever they made yeah. um but yeah not nah, just you liking the chocolate cake yeah. well it's, it's funny that you bring up that because um with uh my family is from jamaica and my mom is someone who loves to bake loves to cook and jamaican rum cake is like a big thing that uh and i I bring that up just for the fact that you mentioned like like as a family we never had pie but my mom was always cooking like rum cake so okay that was like our version of of pie i guess yeah (laughs) cool uh tea or coffee oh wow uh definitely tea i'm a tea drinker yes <laughs> okay favorite kind of favorite kinds of tea or just kind of like i for me pretty much anything but i am a, a fan of chamomile and honey um, okay yeah so i prefer my my tea with honey as opposed to sugar but i'll do sugar if it's anything there yeah do you do you like avoid caffeine or is wait is there there's, there's no more caffeine, caffeine in, in in coffee or sorry in tea than there is in coffee oh i didn't uh, know that yeah surprisingly um i do uh enjoy drinking coffee but that's usually just to stay awake if i'm dead tired yeah, as needed yeah <laughs> yeah but for some reason like uh yeah tea i drink that more but when i really really need it then coffee's my go-to yeah uh do you have a favorite pit stop on tour Wow, wow, wow. Okay, uh, if it is Canada, I love Kelowna. Um, it is one of the coolest places to actually perform in um, from just the love of live music that they have out there, the yeah. crowds, the, the scenery just being out there. If it's overseas, then definitely London. Okay. Yeah. 
Damn, where did you play in London? Uh, we played a few shows in London. My favorite place would have to be um, probably Troy Bar or um, uh, Looking Glass Cocktail Club. Uh, oh, cool. Both places are very receptive, different vibes. Troy Bar is like this, uh, their whole approach to it is just like, very different as far as like performing goes um but they have a live band that backs you and these are like amazing okay. musicians that really just get into the groove and will give you something totally different than what you would expect you yeah. know oh, that's really cool yeah yeah uh radio or podcasts radio or podcast wow um see my background is in radio so i greatly appreciate it but i think that the format of the show that i had at cjsr for a number of years felt more like a podcast because right. The dialogue and discussion i think is so important like if we have music but then we don't have context behind it then right you might as well just have a playlist playing at home at yourself by yourself you know yeah yeah because i guess a podcast is uh tends to be a lot more talky right yes 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 but important talk important for talk, sure yeah you know um the discussion um helps you appreciate a subject or um whether that subject be an album a person or thing like there's you're able to dive in depth and then have that back and forth that um really makes you appreciate what the what the person's talking about yeah do you have podcasts that you go to for that kind of like in-depth coverage of stuff uh i know this is gonna sound very cliche um but joe rogan uh oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he has a lot of fascinating people on there which is why for i sure. think a lot of people tend to go to him um there are some hip-hop podcasts that, that i really enjoy listening to um and sometimes just to hear a different opinion because um i think if you live in an echo chamber then all of a sudden you begin to to start believing your own hype in a lot of ways you know right. so yeah uh first car my first car was a uh a 1994 taurus that what's so funny about this is that um the bumper of it looked like it was falling off but it wasn't <laughs> actually falling off okay. but um so i was at a gas station one time and this guy's like hey i know the guy who used to own this car and i'm just like what and they're like yeah the bumper it looks like it's falling off but it's not falling off and it's like <laughs> wow that is so embarrassing but it got me to so many places you yeah know? uh what happened to it what uh how did it meet its end? Um, I am horrible with car maintenance. Um, <laughs> anything outside of my life that doesn't involve music usually falls to the wayside. Um, so I didn't maintain it and I had transmission problems and it just cost too much to get a fix. Yeah. Yeah. Sayonara. Um, yeah. Do you have a uh, new quarantine hobby? Something you've kind of picked up? Wow. Um, I can't say yes. Um yeah, I can't say yes. N nothing, nothing in particular. Like I definitely uh, spent the first little bit of it just getting back into shape. Um, yeah. I haven't really rode my bike as much as I should, but my uh, stationary bike, I was riding that for quite some time okay. um, during the, the quarantine. But as far as a hobby, unfortunately, no. no. Yeah, I think honestly, just like uh, a commitment to staying healthy in that way is like pretty admirable. I don't know. I know I've had a real <laughs> hard time with that when everything shut down. Yeah that yeah no it's it's well th i think that for a lot of people myself included it's just like the next day then the next day right then all of a sudden it turns into like two years you know yeah <laughs> see yeah i just used to walk everywhere and that was kind of like my way of making sure that i didn't just kind of sit around all day yeah and then as soon as you don't have anywhere to go it's like well yeah oh that's no true. <laughs> that's true that's true uh weirdest job you've ever had weirdest job that i've ever had um wow uh 
Oh, wow. Okay. Years ago, I should have, this should have been the first thing that came to my mind. Um, years ago, um, a friend of mine had come to me. He's like, hey, uh, Domino's Pizza has this, uh, has this job where they're paying kids like $10. I can't remember how much it was, but it was paying like something really ridiculous. But as kids, you think it's like this great uh, thing. Yeah. And so we had to hold this Domino's Pizza sign. And they would give us... Uh, pizza in addition to whatever they were paying us and we spent we'd stand out there for like like maybe three or four hours or so and yeah. it was like when i look back and i'm just like it's kind of ch- child slave labor <laughs> in a way <laughs> but uh yeah it was just like the weirdest thing because like i couldn't imagine myself doing that now and now they have like actual like posts that will actually hold a sign but they're like paying these two kids yeah. to just stand on the the and yeah, just as cars are driving by, holding this pizza, this uh, Domino's pizza sign. Yeah, technology has a better solution. Yes, way better. Yeah, because <laughs> the money they were paying us, they could have actually invested that into getting uh, yeah. like a stake in a pole just to hold it up. But for some reason, they wanted to get uh, two young kids to just you know, job creators. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have a, uh, a quarantine uh, theme song that's been following you around? Mm, wow! 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 Um, trying to think nothing comes to mind but I'm quite certain that by the time we're done this uh, interview I'll have remembered something because there have been some songs that have just kind of been just uh, hovering during this whole quarantine phase yeah you know? yeah things yeah. just kind of bury into your skull in a certain way yeah yeah uh, do you have a favorite local bite to eat uh, I've got a couple. I, one of the things with me is that I definitely try to support as much local as possible. For sure, yeah. Um, uh, so one, I have a couple, but one of my one of my uh, one of my favorites would definitely have to be uh, Sunset Reggae Kitchen, uh, okay. Caribbean restaurant. Um, really great food. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that would definitely be one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, which is crazy because a lot of them I haven't been to since uh, things that opened back up yet. So hopefully they're still around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is where is it? Is it? This is actually on the West End, just oh, on okay. the just on the West End on One Fifty Sixth. Um, it's in a house, but if you pass by it, you would just think it's a house, but it's an actual business. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So it's, yeah, it's kind of cool the way they have it set up. You know? Yeah, I know. I went to this was a few a few years ago now. There used to be a Cajun place. Okay. in kind of northeast Edmonton somewhere that was the same kind of thing you'd go in and it just kind of felt like like it was somebody's house oh, but yeah. they had it set yeah. up to be uh, yeah pretty nice little kitchen okay okay uh if you could open for anyone who would you choose to open for wow 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 I really wish I would have thought about this before <laughs> um okay <laughs> if I could open up for any oh uh you know what uh, probably Kendrick Lamar Okay. Probably yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Um, huge fan of his of what he does musically, and he's got a live band. So to be able to be, if I were to do like a whole stretch of just being on tour and watching him open every night, like there'd be so much that I'd be able to learn from that. So yeah, yeah. I guess too. I feel like that never gets touched on with this question, but just like um, the opportunity to kind of watch somebody do something like that, and then yeah. how they kind of even prepping themselves to go out and how totally. they kind of come back after having performed. It's like. Yeah, educational. Yeah, no, so, so it's, it's so important because a lot of times, like, as artists, we don't have, there's no schools that teach you that, right? Right. Um, and every artist is going to have their own um, process for doing it. And if you're able to have those conversations, uh, then you're able to, like, take gems that you can now apply to yourself in some sort of way. Right. You know? And I guess there's no better 
context for figuring that stuff out too than being on tour because at the end of the day um it's hard to teach those kinds of things but it's really easy to just watch somebody do it over and over again totally totally and even just understanding how to like um there's a well a former band in the city called soldier fire and and for years i volunteered to just help them out with anything whether it was uh working their merch table or um filming their shows or taking photos and yeah part of that was me getting to better understand how they interacted with their fans right. um because that's something that you can't teach either you have to be able to observe it and then figure out how do you incorporate that into your style in a sense sure. of uh building because like it's crazy because they often say like you're building a, a fan one song at a time or building your career one fan at a time right and until you see people who have actually been able to do it sometimes it's just like okay well how do you interact with fans and then some artists are like they don't know how to do it so then they become so anti-social to the point that the fans are just like do you like us do you want to see yeah it? you know yeah i've uh it's kind of off on a tangent here but i uh remember going to see andy Schaff a couple years ago and it's funny he's like um so antisocial that people find him i think quite charming on stage because he doesn't say anything and then he'll like the, the one i was at he just asked the audience if they had any questions and somebody asked what size of shoes were yeah and then he answered it everybody laughed and went back to the, the play it <laughs> but it too it, you see somebody do something like that and you think oh well that's a style of dealing with this problem yes right? totally 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 uh if you could make a, a fantasy lineup, just any couple uh, couple of bands that you want to see on a bill together, give yourself a ticket to it, uh, mm. who'd you pick? Okay, um, so I definitely have to uh, go back to uh, Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, just uh, great musicians, great band. Yeah. Uh, and I do concert setups through IATSE, um, which is okay. a stagehand, right, union. Yeah. And I've had the chance to set up for them, but I've never had the chance to actually watch them play, oh, which would be really? real cool. Um, Tool as well, too, who was supposed to be coming here. Um, the Roots um, and uh, who else? Um, ah, damn. I'm trying to think of, of who else. Uh Probably J. Cole as well, too. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, 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 probably J. Cole as well, too. And, sorry, if I had a, a fifth one, then <laughs> Damian Marley. Damian Marley. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, candy, chips, or chocolate? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're literally the first person I've asked that to that has not said chips. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not a candy guy. Chips, I'll eat them if they're around, but chocolate, like... My aunt used to to buy like O Henry's, and oh, her yeah. son wouldn't eat them. So whenever I went over there, I pretend like I was going to like find something in the cupboard, and then I like sneak out some, and then like <laughs> they go missing, and she knew exactly who it was. But I always like had this routine that pretend like, oh yeah, I'll go fix this in your cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just love chocolate. <laughs> I, I remember my grandma when I was like five or six years old uh, going to the UK. She's from Ireland, and yeah. she's bringing a bunch of chocolate back and she yeah. told us all to like be really hyped because she was bringing all this great British chocolate and she bought like a whole suitcase just to put this chocolate in yeah. and then she came back and she had a suitcase full of Kit Kats <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's like, like uh, that's uh <laughs> I mean thank you it's still a lot of Kit Kats that's great but <laughs> but you can uh, get that over here <laughs> you tried you tried it's a nice gesture <laughs> so thought that counts <laughs> Uh, is there an album that spurred your love of music? Wow. I, I would have to say, this is probably going to date me still, but uh, 
probably Thriller. Um, oh yeah, that I would say. Uh, yeah, it's just something that that played in the household as we were we were kids. You know, is it stuff that like your parents liked or? Uh, well, my uncle, um, he was a, he, he he was a uh, an avid like vinyl collector and played okay. music all the time, and so he actually built a bar in his uh, basement um, and had a DJ console down there. Oh, cool! So as kids, we would just like uh, go and just like listen to the vinyl, so on and so forth. And that was Michael is like the one artist that um, just was constantly there throughout my my childhood growing up. Him and my, and, uh, and Bob Marley, but like right. Michael's, uh, yeah, probably the Thriller album, or you know what? Uh, yeah, either Thriller or Bad, because uh, those were, were two albums that, that my cousins and I would just listen to all the time, like from beginning yeah, yeah. to end, and like, yeah, it just made us just really just like love music. We would like come up with dance routines to, to all that stuff, like study all Michael's moves and everything, so yeah. 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 Uh, I know this is probably a weirdly specific question, but is it like you'd go and like put the records on and do other things, or would you go and like sit and listen to the record and just kind of pay attention? Like... You mean now or then? Then. Okay. Then. then it was sitting and listening to it and like doing dance routines to it. Right. Now yeah, it's yeah. more so put it on and it plays in the background. But um, one thing I try to do is that anytime an album comes out by an artist that I really appreciate and really want to um, understand what they were trying to do with it stylistically and creatively, right. I'll like stop everything, turn off the lights. It has to be late night put headphones on and just listen to it from beginning to end just in pure silence because um i think that we've become so accustomed to just listening to music casually that we don't appreciate a lot of the art that goes into making a record anymore yeah and too i guess just like constant media consumption like it's really easy to just always be listening to something or like listening to a podcast or watching movie or yeah but okay last question Okay. Uh, do you have like uh, local bands or artists you want to shout out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, K Riz, um, Uzila, uh, Moraine, K Blitz. Um, uh, who else is there? Uh, Way Matea, um, Saint Denifal One Hundred Band. Uh, yeah, there's there's many. We have a, yeah. we have a really cool scene still. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a pretty good spot to pivot into the kind of second half of things. Uh, lots of people that you even just mentioned that you like have collaborated with or have featured on tracks. Yeah. Um, how do you kind of approach like um, both like proposing those projects to people and the actual like collaboration that happens? Okay. Uh, so for me, a lot of it comes down to I. Uh, I'm a person that sees music very much in the sense of like, like very conceptually, right? For sure. Um, so most of the projects I've done have been projects where I'll have the concept and then it's like, okay, who fits into this concept? And kind of like you're casting for a play or for right. a movie, you know? And so um, a lot of those collaborations are, are me sometimes pitching an idea to somebody and right. sounding crazy until... It comes to fruition, and it's like, okay, I see what you were talking about. You know, gotcha. Um, other times, it's just like, yo, I, I really, really dig somebody's energy, um, or have a concept, and have heard their music. I'm just like, yo, like it'd be really cool if we got onto a track and did this, so on and so forth. Um, 
yeah so that's that's pretty much the the they're approaching and um there's uh the cool thing about it is that like with and i've gotten more into this in the last like year or so it's just like creating you <laughs> know creating spaces where 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 you can like just sit down and not necessarily have like uh an end project in mind just sitting down to create and bouncing ideas off of, off of each other you know right um because i think that uh there's there's a lot you can learn from from writing with an artist because nowadays we have the technology to record our like have an idea pitch an idea to somebody record it send it to them be like hey can you uh do a verse on this or whatever but for me like the whole idea of us being in the studio and like bouncing ideas off and sometimes people look at me again like i'm crazy because we were over in um we were overseas last spring and this one artist we literally had just met him like the day before and Uh, I'm like, yo, we need to get into the studio. He's like, I got a studio. So we, we head over to his studio and this man had already been up for 24 hours and spent the time in the studio with me listening to this crazy idea, but we created this amazing song. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you're going to hate me right now, but when we're done, you're going to be like, yo, this is an amazing track and it <laughs> ended up becoming a really cool track. And like, yeah. part of it was me saying like, uh, the song was uh my yeah i'm not gonna give it give the idea out because the song isn't out yet but like yeah. it was a really really odd subject and we had other people in the room who were just like probably like looking at each other like yo like <laughs> what's this guy talking about you know yeah but then after the song began to come to, come to life to like okay i see the vision i see the vision right. you know so yeah hope that answers your question yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you found ways to keep doing that during covid like- uh you know what um <laughs> there's uh i haven't done as much collaborative uh, writing i have reached out to a couple people still um and just recently my cousin uzi we were working on a song and again just another crazy idea um and we're still like trying to get that that song to to where it needs to be at but the idea was just like so weird and he just like he just knows that 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 it's going to be a real stupid idea in the beginning but once we get it to that point then it's gonna actually come out amount to something you know yeah how do you how do you figure out like how to uh i guess trust yourself that what seems like a crazy idea is gonna get somewhere yeah i for me it's a it's a matter of trying everything and there are some songs that never get released like um soul merchant was an album that um was supposed to drop like like late 2017 right right um and the idea behind that was that it was supposed to be like a, a social commentary on where we are right now with technology it was it was basically inspired by black mirror and right. so i did all these songs and i wanted to make it a visual project as well too right and then it unfortunately never saw the light of day because I didn't feel that we got it to the point of where it needed to be at. And like, I wrestled with it in the sense of like, yo, should I put this out? Should I not put this out? And then I'm just like, you know what? Let me just step away from the project. And not to say this dead, but where I was going with it didn't live up to what I wanted it to. And that wasn't on the part of anybody else involved. And it was basically me not being able to um, get the idea to where I wanted it to get to. Yeah. I think there's something satisfying too about making a call like that and saying, well, this is not quite where I want it to be. And so I'm not going to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. 
like it, I guess, feels good to be critical of yourself in that way, I think, sometimes. And you have to. The only thing, though, is that some people will look at it from the standpoint of, like, but you wasted all that time. And it's right. like, it's not wasting time because um, the process is so important. And understanding, um, there was a, a quote I saw the other day where um, it said something to the effect of, um, my one success is based off of 10,000 failures or something like that, right? And I was right. just like, wow, that's so powerful in the sense of like, a lot of times we look at people who are, are winning and we're just like, wow, like, they just seem to have it all. But it's like, no, you've got to like, sometimes like, make a horrible song right. and be able to recognize that, okay, well, there's stuff that might be able to be taken from this, like lyrics, a melody, a chord progression. But right. the biggest thing is, is that if you're able to make that decisive decision in the sense of like, this is not the one right. and be able to move on from it, but learn from what made that not a great uh, uh, piece of art to contribute to the world. For sure. Then it makes you a better artist. Yeah. Do you do a lot of writing then that you scrap after? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a decent amount. Um, Cause yeah, some ideas like, and some ideas not don't necessarily get scrapped. Some ideas just like sit there and it's just like, you know what? For sure. I'm not going to act on this because I don't think that it's, it's going anywhere or I don't think. And then sometimes what happens is sometimes you'll circle back and, and all of a sudden that idea that had no purpose begins to have purpose. Right. You know? Things kind of resurface over time. Yes. Uh, so uh, just, I guess, to skip back biographically a little bit, when did you start playing music in Edmonton? Wow. Uh, the first shows that we w would have done would have been like 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 late 90s early okay. 2000s yeah would that would have, would that have been then with the politic live yes 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 uh, okay so politic live just to give you yeah. some context and some history um, that is a group that was formed by uh, my two cousins and DJ Sonny Grimes right okay. and so um, growing up we would do music like we do like little talent shows and Pep rallies for schools and stuff like that but it wasn't until like the late 90s that we kind of began to say okay well let's see what we can do with this and then right. um 2003 yeah february 2003 is when we released uh um notoriety which kind of like right. set us on this path of like okay like we've got an album we've got to promote it we've got to make something on this you know yeah um and then transitioning i guess after that into being like just a solo artist instead of a band um what was the kind of like adjustment period like like how um how did you make that transition i guess um <laughs> it was a transition that i didn't want to make um we had just finished making ellipsis and um we spent sometimes i'm i'm a bit too critical but uh i feel that the end product usually makes sense right. um so ellipsis um we had started working on that in late 2008 um but then we set it aside because we began working on another project and then we once we finished off with that project we came back to work on ellipsis um and it was done like 2010 but then i still didn't feel it was ready and so we went back and like scrapped a lot of the album right. and reworked a lot of the songs and in that process, I think it just got to certain members where they're just like, this is not fun anymore, you know? Right. And I understand that because um, 
when you're making your first album, you're just in the studio just like creating songs and it's just like, yeah. hey, like we take the best songs, but then the success of the first album and the success of the second album, I changed my perspective in regards to like, what are we doing here? You know? For sure. And so by the time we get around to making Ellipsis, um, my expectations and my goals are beginning to differ from the group as a whole, where it's just like some artists still just wanted to have fun with it, which is totally cool still. Right. And then I'm like, okay, we've, we've, we've like beginning to look at it more from uh, less about the feeling and more from a scientific approach, which is right. something that could be totally, 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 totally uh, good. It yeah. could also be totally, 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 totally bad, you know? <laughs> um, and Ellipsis, to me, is probably our greatest uh, piece of work, and we've got a lot of critical acclaim fr- for it. Yeah. But the thing about it, though, is that by that time there, I think that it had the process of, of treating our music like it had deadlines that we had to meet and um, goals that we had to meet right. uh, based off chart activity or um, reviews and so on and so forth just left a sour taste in some people's mouths. And so right. um, I was asked to by one of the one of the group members to like focus on on my own stuff because they're like, N- you, you, this is what you love. Right. And so he wanted to focus on family uh and he's like i really think you should make a go at it by yourself and it wasn't easy because i'm just like i can't do this by myself (laughs) i've only known how to do it in a group structure (laughs) right and now i'm being asked to do it on my own and so um it took uh a lot of work uh a lot of rewrites for maybe tomorrow and so on and so forth and um even when i began to do so uh shows by myself it was a very scary process because it's like normally i have big anolti dirk gritty sunny grimes there yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden now it's like okay i'm stepping out as a new artist where now the focus is on me if i'm writing a song then the all the verses have to be written by me right chorus is written by me like i have to be the soul the soul voice i have to be the, the soul uh storyteller yeah and that's not easy when you come from a group setting where it's just like you're able to bounce ideas off of each other um, and know that, okay, well, you do one verse, next guy takes another verse, second guy takes it. It's not to say we never had solo songs, but to, to do that for a whole album was something that was foreign. You right. know? Is there stuff then that you kind of picked up about the business end of things, or, or not even the business end, but like uh, industry, I guess, is even a better word? Um, uh are there things that you learned from kind of doing that as a band that you have applied then to your solo work stuff? Just oh, yeah, like no, totally. things to keep you sane. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's a lot that, 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 uh, a lot of experiences that were transferable once we, once I began to do things solo wise and you also, um, begin to know what you want and what you don't want. It's kind of like the whole adage of being in a relationship that you have to be in a bad relationship to know what you want out of a good relationship. Right. And that's not to say that Politic Live was a bad relationship because like, it was the coolest experience being able to create and tour and uh, do stuff with my cousins. For sure, um, yeah. But there's a lot of things that I learned from that in the sense of, okay, this is what this is what's needed to make a, a group work. This is what's not needed to make a group work, you know? Yeah. And yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So, too, this is delving a bit into the kind of third section, talking about songs specifically, but, like, um, actually, you know what? I'm going to take a step back, because f- there's one thing I want to chat with you about that I forgot. Yeah. Uh, you did. You spent a bunch of time at CJSR, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
it's interesting to me because I started doing these interviews about two years ago. Yeah. And doing this kind of thing changes the way that you look at kind of all of the pieces of like the local music industry. Yes. Um, right. Like Jeff, the guy who runs cups and cakes, uh, God bless him. Just like, as far as I can tell, it's a guy who just really likes local music. Yes, and so yeah. has decided to spend a bunch of time and money, like promoting this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so you, I guess I've gained some, uh, ability to recognize that kind of work that I didn't know was happening before. Yeah. Um, did you have like a similar experience at CJSR? Like how was that, I guess, important to your understanding of kind of the community surrounding Edmonton music? Um, the cool thing with CJSR is that it, it, um, I always say that I, I was able to have a, um, a unique perspective that most people don't have. Right. Like I have, songs from local artists that if I were to go to their shows right now, I could recite their lyrics right. and they would look at me like, how do you know this stuff? And it's because I'm a fan of you and I'm a fan of the scene. For right? sure. Um, being at CJSR and just seeing how important campus radio was to actually building a, a music community, you know, yeah. um, whether it was um, me bringing in artists and, and doing interviews with them and, and allowing them to actually be put on a platform that would be similar to like, let's say a hot 97 or something like that, where it's For just sure. like, yo, like someone's actually asking me questions that about songs that I've written that you'd have to have listened to the song over and over again to actually formulate these questions, you know? Right. Um, I think that that is important because, um, and just to just to kind of give you like an overall view of, and this this relates a lot to 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 Jeff because I like you saying that like I'm I'm I feel like you're talking about me in, in a lot of sense you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. because um, I've written for or I used to write for CJSR at one point in time I right. wrote for the Nate Nugget at one point in time and those uh, columns that I wrote for were music based uh, columns that focused on Edmonton music you know right so being involved in all these different areas and i used to work at a record store as well too yeah so i'm seeing how all of this comes together and how each of us has a role to play in order to actually um help make music exist and then you're putting on shows um you're doing all these things that 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 essentially create a community on the outside looking at it you're yeah. just like oh well there's a band in the city but yeah. that band uh, requires all these platforms for them to actually exist and for them to have a, a, a feasible career, you know? For sure. Um, and with Cups and Cakes, like uh, doing reviews, doing um, podcasts and interviews and stuff like that, like that's vital to our community because um, we need to have, um, we need to have outlets as artists for sure. For our stories to be told and for people to actually get a better understanding of us as artists and who we are and, and what inspired this and what inspired that because that's what creates creates fans, but more importantly, that's what creates community. For you know? sure. And I think too, I mean, because uh, I'm not from Edmonton originally. I'm from a uh, town in Saskatchewan. Um, that's part of what I have found to be really nice about Edmonton is that generally there's actually... Um, a huge number of people who are pretty selfless with their time and their experience doing things. Um, even if, uh, 
I don't know. I was going to say some complaint about the scene, but I don't really hear that kind of thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, until you're not in Edmonton and somebody complains about it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just realizing it takes like a million people like that to make something work really well. And Edmonton seems to be a really good space for that. Oh, yeah, totally. And what's uh, that reminds me of, I don't know if he's still doing it, but there used to be a guy called the poster guy. Okay. And pretty much what you would do is that you'd pay him like a, a flat rate or whatever. And this guy would literally like go around the whole city because he knew where all the poster boards were and just put up <laughs> posters for you. And it's like the fee that he charged you was like next to nothing. You yeah. Know? And it's like that again is a part of the community that, um, on my uh, Instagram page. I try to do like a uh, Sunday gratitude thing where it's just like thanking someone who has played an active role in me building the community that I've built yeah. and everything from photographers to, to uh, producers, so on and so forth. And, um, just this past Sunday, I, I had recognized a gentleman by the name of Chris uh, Sturwald, who okay. ran a, a, a mastering company called uh, This Is Audio at one point in time. Oh, okay. And this dude, play, like his, his name was Uncle Skippy. And <laughs> <laughs> some people still call him Uncle Skippy. He's now a photographer, and he yeah. dr he's a drummer as well, too. But it's like okay. this man played such a crucial role in helping Politic Live's second album get out. And it's right. just like that's community you know yeah, yeah like he knew us only as some artists who came through and um needed albums to be mastered right. but as opposed to him looking at it from the standpoint of i'm this guy who's who's a businessman and you come to me you pay me and then our relationship ends because it's a transaction he was the one who encouraged us like our second album we ended up getting a uh uh, grant from the Alberta Foundation for the Arts and prior to that we wanted to apply for a grant and just had that nervousness in the sense of like yo will they understand hip-hop blah, blah blah he's like you won't know unless you try and we're like but he's like no you won't know unless you try yeah and he uh, wrote a letter of support for us when we applied for it and we ended up getting it and from that point there we're just like yo we can do this you know yeah. and it's like that in itself is community where it's just like if if we had more of that yeah. not just in edmonton but all across canada we would have a viable uh music industry yeah. but sometimes people look at it from the standpoint of if you don't have money then i can't help you you know right do you think about experiences like that particularly now that you're in kind of like almost like a mentorship role in the scene here like uh yeah yeah, no, and the thing was, is that, <laughs> yeah, to answer yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I've always tried to mentor, even at times when I probably shouldn't have been mentoring because I didn't <laughs> know enough information. But the way that I looked at it is that if I knew, if I knew something that you didn't know, and I knew that you didn't know that you needed to know that, right? I felt it was my responsibility to let you know about it. What you do with that information is totally up to you, and. Um, over the course of time, what I found is that a lot of people would say to me like, Hey man, I appreciate you letting me know that because I didn't know that I needed to know that, you know? Right. And I think sometimes, um, there are people who get information and look at it from the standpoint of, I had to go through all these hardships to gather this information. So I'm not telling anybody. Right. And the way I look at it is that I don't think you should have to go through that in order for you to get this information. Yeah. So... Yeah. Does it come off as possibly spoon feeding somebody? Maybe. <laughs> but at the same time, though, 
if you look at school, school is, is a curriculum that is based off of other people's experiences that they've put into one digest. Right. And then we then take that information and we build on that. So am I to say that, you know what, in schools they shouldn't give us, give us any information because they're spoon feeding us? <laughs> yeah. No, like we still have to apply that information and still have to learn and then we pay it forward by giving back to that community so then we can keep building. Right, too, and that helps everybody get to a higher point faster, too. Exactly, so. exactly. How you doing? Hey, how's everybody? Oh, good. How was work? Oh, work in 30 degree heat. <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream because it's the only thing keeping my mental health in any way. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have a shower. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for it. It, it won't be loud from right here. We'll just wait for it. Wait for you to get inside. He's <laughs> got a cameo in, it, in the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gonna start putting a little. Oh, his name's Cam. It's a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, a gr- it's a good name to make puns with. There's a lot of good ones. Um, well, that's, uh, let's uh, shift over onto, onto uh, kind of the third part of things. We're going to talk about Rainy Days a little bit, which is, as of the time of this interview, the most recent single. Yes, that's um, correct. That's correct. Do you want to actually just talk about even a little bit about the next single that's coming out too, just so we can kind of, it'll be out by the time this comes out, so may as well tell people about it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, the next single that's going to follow up uh, Rainy Days is a track called Black Every Day. Um, basically, what it looks at is the whole Blackout Tuesday, the show must be paused Tuesday thing. Um in that moment, like it was crazy because of the fact that it's like everyone's posting black squares, everyone's like yeah. making these statements. But what we saw afterwards was we kind of went back to normal, you know? Right. And I think it's it's uh it's very human for us to like get caught up in a wave, get caught up in a moment and feel like, okay, we're gonna do this thing and it's like uh December comes and everyone's buying all these memberships for the gym and then all of a sudden two weeks later nobody's in the gym you know <laughs> and so the song just speaks about the need to um be consistent and also just the need to um yeah like like stay vigilant because there's still issues at hand that we still have to have to have to to fight for and also the whole idea of being black every day in the sense of like right i the chorus goes sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and even saturday i'm black every day i'm black every day you know so real simple real catchy but it's just one of those things where it's just like um being proud of being black not in the sense of like anti-white or anything like that but it's like saying hey like you know what every day that i'm black there's so many great things that 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 people who happen to have the skin complexion have contributed to the world so let's celebrate them as well too you know so that's the that'll be the single that follows up after. Yes, yeah, cool. featuring Stephanie that. French. Stephanie French. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, well, then on to rainy days. Do you want to? I guess just uh, I guess tell us a bit about what the song's about right off the top. Okay, um, rainy days is basically a song that just speaks about um, working hard towards something. Like there's multiple themes that are in the song. Um, one of them is just like working hard and creating something of your own. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, as much as I'm a community person, I still function with the mentality of being an entrepreneur, you know? Right. And I think as an artist, like, you are a small business, right? Yeah. And so everything from the lyrics, it kind of starts out, I make music for them hustlers who got products they must sell. Yeah. Trials and tribulations every day they walk through hell. Thought they had a team, but no one stretched a hand to help instead of asking twice shows to do it by themselves, you yeah. know? And it's like a lot of times as artists, we're trying to build a team around us, but because people can't see the vision, 
they don't want to to invest in or or contribute you know right um and so a lot of times you're walking down this lonely path hoping that someone will actually be like yo like can i come in to help but you can't wait on someone to come in to help you you know right um another theme that i that that's mentioned in, in there is just the idea of building generational wealth yeah uh and teaching your 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 children teaching your family the importance of financial literacy the importance yeah. of saving money the importance of investing you know yeah, i like that course a lot yeah. it's really fun. <laughs> and so yes yeah, it's, it's uh and then the whole idea of just saving for the rainy days because uh i think the pandemic was one of the clearest signs that we weren't saving for rainy days you know yeah and so um again just something that was uh inspired by the whole thing of just like being shut down it's just like wow like hearing all these stories of like families that may not be able to make it through because um with some people they were saving and they're just not in a position for those savings to amount to anything some people were just like hey like doing good life is good like let me spend then all of a sudden it's just like the world shuts down and like none of us can do anything in this moment and right. now it's just like you're looking in a house full of all these things that you wish you would have saved the money that you spent on these things here. You yeah. know? Uh, so when you start working on a new tune, do you like have an idea for subject matter that you want to try to talk about? Or do you just kind of improvise and then something comes out of that or a bit of both? Okay. Um, so for rainy days, the idea was in my head and I just began playing this instrumental and just started like mumbling out the words right and right. i'm just like mm, and then it's just like okay sit down i'll start writing right um for a song like black every day um the the idea was there but i didn't know where i was gonna go with it right right um i guess that's not probably the best example because they're almost the same process uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's another song that that will probably be released later on this year called final thoughts and with that I literally just put on, I found this one type beat that's online, right? Yeah. And it just, the beat just really spoke to me. And like the moment that I put it on, I'm just like, yo, I got to record this. So then what I did is that I put it on and I just started mumbling rhythms to the music, just freestyling. And right. then I recorded that. And then I went back and listened to it and like picked out what parts I liked about it. And then arranged that into a song and found the words that would actually complement it. Right. So there's there it's yeah it's a two pro, uh, process thing and and there's even the the process in which by I'll write the music and then find the music or build the music around that you know yeah yeah do you like so when you're filling out kind of like the blank spaces yeah um do you do you tend to do that like away from the music or do you sit down and kind of listen to it no I got li I got to listen to the music because yeah, yeah. you want to like um. In the last like two years, I've attended a lot of songwriting workshops or keynotes with with people talking about their their process when it comes to songwriting. Yeah, and um, just through doing that, there's been a lot of things that I, I've realized that weren't necessarily wrong, but weren't they weren't allowing me to become. Uh, sorry, one with the <laughs> with the music, you know. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I had to. Uh, just kind of step away from it and be like, okay, well, am I forcing the lyrics into the music, or am I a or or am I another instrument that that goes along with the music? And so that's something I've been trying to be more conscious of moving. You know? Yeah. Do you think about like your your process then and kind of refine it a lot? Like, is that a thing that you I guess work on? Um, yes, more so in the last uh, again the last two years, just just uh, 
when you begin to see how other people create yeah and they're kind of giving you their 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 best practices um you kind of like look at the the stuff that you've written and you look at the stuff that they've written and you're just like okay i don't want to write like them but is there something something out of what they do that i can begin to apply to what i do so that there's more structure there's more um there's more of of a yeah it it that it just performs better you know for sure yeah yeah and that's another thing as well too like a lot of times as rappers i feel like we were so mindful of our lyrics that sometimes we fail to realize how is this going to be performed yeah right because when you're on stage and you got a band behind you you're getting hype and so on and so forth there's only so many words you could cram in without losing <laughs> breath, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it is, is being mindful of like, how will this, how will this perform? How will this play out live? You know? Right. Um, sir, are you recording then most of the new singles, uh, from like a home studio or are you going in somewhere to record them right now? No, or? home studio, home studio. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. Late nights, <laughs> late nights, best time to record, best time to record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I guess too, other than the features, you're pretty much putting together everything by yourself, then, hey? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Production-wise, um, I've been working with a cat by the name of Jay Mello, um, okay, yeah. who's been producing a lot of the stuff that that I've been working on. Um, I've been getting more into production. Um, Uzi La, who has been a uh, collaborator for a number of years, partially because we're family and also because like he's a musical genius. Um, we've been doing quite a lot of stuff together. Um, Jay Tunes from from my band, her and I will get together, and like a lot of times I'll have um, melodies, and so I'll basically meet up with her, and she'll basically just like uh, chord it out for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, w when it comes to the lyrics, though, it's it's yeah, just me kind of sitting down. And choruses were always a, and they're still not my strength, but I'm getting better at it. And I think that um, I think that part of that is is uh, just again just studying how other people are writing their music and saying what can I do that's going to improve all my writing? You yeah, know? yeah. Cool. Well, that's uh, as good a place as any to wrap things up. We're going to listen to Rainy Days then for the end of the episode. Uh, thanks so much for chatting, man. That was really no, fun. No, thank you. Hopefully I wasn't uh, too loquacious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just perfect. Uh, cool. Well, here's Rainy Days. Uh, thanks again. No, thank you. Mavericks. Mavericks. Regards. We on that soul merchant wave right now. I make music for the monsters who got products in myself. Trials and tribulations every day they walk through hell. Thought they had a team, but no one stressed a hand to help. Instead of asking twice, chose to do it by themselves. I wanna rap, I wanna dab, I wanna have the nicest things. I wanna trip, I wanna trip, I wanna live my wildest dreams. Don't wanna work, don't wanna hurt, I wanna have this shit for free. Ain't gonna earn, ain't gonna learn, and you ain't gonna ride with me. Different type of grind. Legacy is what I'm driven by. Different type of shine. Equity, they better give me mine. Y'all be tryna climb, but still you got a million miles. Only build a mine, and one day give it to my child. Teach him about investments, how to save change, how not to be a slave. Chasing the daily wage. They know it's real. Eat what they kill, then they know it's real. 
rainy days, cause they coming. Oh yeah, they coming, they coming, dog. No eating up my blade unless you putting in that work. Ain't no riding free, everyone gon' prove they worth. You're free to disagree, but no, that will not reverse. Being lazy is a plague that no hospital can nurse. I wanna trip, I wanna bang, I wanna show up about that life. I wanna cap, I wanna act, I wanna earn my ass some stripes. Don't wanna grind, don't wanna shine, yo, I'm not about that team. And you ain't gon' ride with me Different type of wave I'm tryna build my people up Tryna get us paid In ways they cannot lock us up Y'all be tryna slave Hoping that they hook you up In times you gotta wait Then give your kids the biggest cut Teach them about investments How to save change How not to be a slave Chasing the daily wage Eat what they kill Then they know it's real Eat what they kill Then they know it's real Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, Rainy Days, is played with permission from Arlo Maverick. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing On My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.